0: Alrighty.
1: Here we go. Episode four, Clue in the Crumbling Wall,
0: number 22. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew?
1: We sure hope so. And we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to regular Nancy Drew. We got so excited about this when we started to almost talk about it before we hit record.
0: <laughs> it's a really good one. This might be my favorite so far.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. I, I don't know if it was just the exploring an old castle kind of thing that really hooked me so much, but it was exciting and there was, sometimes there was weird kind of like plot, plot stuff. Like I'm, I'm feeling, well, why is it taking so long to do this? Or like why are there so many like delays or whatever? But it didn't feel, it didn't feel laborious to read. Either. Right. It, it all felt like, okay, we're, we're keeping moving. Yeah. I really, I, I really had fun reading this one.
0: I almost read this in one sitting. I could not put it down. Wow. Like, I mean, I got up to make some food, but other than that, I just went through it. It was really good. So. Well,
1: that's cool. So you want to describe it in three words? Very green. We have a lot of, like, overgrown greenery
0: everywhere. This box is green. The cover's green.
1: Gardening.
0: Lots of gardening.
1: Yeah. And, uh, oh, like, inheritance stuff, I guess? (laughs) Those are terrible three words. (laughs) I promise it's more interesting than it sounds right now. (laughs) So, The Clue in the Crumbling Wall was first published in 1945. It was ghostwritten by Mildred Wood Benson.
0: Yeah, 1973. It was rewritten, but rewritten and edited by Priscilla Baker Carr is her name. Okay, I'm gonna jump in.
1: Chapter one. Chapter one. So in chapter one, a young lieutenant shows up to ask Nancy to solve a mystery.
0: So she's she tells Nancy that eight year old Joan Fenimore mm-hmm. she's been getting into trouble it by also, stealing plants. Yeah, by stealing <laughs> plants, we find out she steals some plants from from Nancy.
1: Yeah, well, at the end of the chapter, we find out that she has stolen okay. rose bushes, yeah. Right,
0: yeah. Joan is in trouble, and she also has an aunt who is also in trouble, and the lieutenant tells Nancy that she is going to tell her the rest of the story later down at the police station, so she asked her to come by. I think that's really all the information that we get about the aunt right now, just that the aunt is a dancer, or a mm-hmm. former dancer named Juliana Johnson,
1: Yeah, and that she's about to lose out on an inheritance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that where we are searching, or we want to search for her because uh, Joan and her mother are kind of in a little bit of a bad way financially. And if they could reconnect with their sister who's due for this big inheritance, it could be really beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. But I think the most notable and the best part of the whole thing, of the whole book starts off right in chapter one and that is with the introduction of a character named Boatswim Bostwick Bumbleton aka Salty. aka Salty. Salty is a a clam digger uh,
0: yes,
1: uh, who just happens to wander around the neighborhood selling his clams and Nancy apparently has known him most of her life <laughs> right
0: this is just another one of those river heights people oh my close personal friend Salty
1: let swim uh, Bostwick Bumbleton Bumbleton the best is... name in
0: the history of Nancy Drew mystery stories
1: honestly so iconic like just and it, it's so funny it's like thinking about like these old-fashioned like children's children's books children's stories that is the exact kind of name you would imagine to be Mm -hmm. in these kinds of stories and it's just uh, yeah it's just so stereotypical so hilarious so so funny
0: if i had that name i would not let anyone call me salty for short
1: (laughs) (laughs) full name only please Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so they buy they buy some clams from salty um basically because I don't know, because they they feel bad for him, it kind of (laughs) seems like. And um, they open all the clams and Nancy finds a pearl. And so she decides that she is going to take that to a jeweler um, to go sell it. And when she does, the seller's like, oh, yeah, I'll buy the pearl if you bring some of the shells so that I can, like, display it with the shell. It just, it's really weird. But d- he wants the shells, So she's like, okay, I'm going to go get the shells." She leaves. And as she leaves, a boy steals her purse with the pearl inside. So right away, we have these two thefts. This
0: leads us right into chapter two. Nancy's on her way to the police station anyway. So she just walks on over to report the the stolen purse and the stolen rose bushes. And then she gets to meet with the Lieutenant to hear more about, uh, the missing, the missing aunt.
1: Right. And that is what we learn that Joan it's Joan who's been stealing neighborhood plants, mm-hmm. which is just honestly, I'm trying to imagine a situation in like today's world where someone stealing plants would be, would be known to the police
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like that, that would even be reported or, um, how you would find out, I don't I don't know. It just it just seems like such such a small town crime, like the smallest of small town crimes mm-hmm. imaginable We're stealing someone else's rose bushes, right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we do find out that it's kind of for a sad reason because they go to visit Joan and her mother and Turns out that they, yeah, they're poor. Joan says that she, or she steals them because a neighbor boy suggested to her that she could just take them, but also because she felt bad because she likes plants and everything. She likes, Mm. she wanted to get something nice, something pretty, because she feels like they don't, they can't ever have anything nice. Mm -hmm. And so I think Nancy kind of, that kind of tugs at Nancy's heartstrings a little bit. And she definitely, she definitely cares a lot about Joan and kind of develops this kind of motherly attitude towards right. her. Yeah.
0: Right. Especially because Joan's own mother is, is pretty sick and yeah. seems pretty frail. So family's just in, in need of a little bit of assistance. So right, in comes Nancy True.
1: Then we find out about their aunt, Juliana, who is engaged to this wealthy manufacturer guy named mm-hmm. uh, Walter Heath, mm-hmm. um, who left Juliana Heath Castle when he died. Mm-hmm. He wrote in his will, or she went missing
0: before before he, he died, right? right? She disappeared while they were engaged. So he wrote in his will, if she's not found within five years of my death, then the estate gets, I guess, broken up and, and funds given to charity. Oh, and also, Juliana, her her five years mm-hmm. is up in three weeks. So Nancy oh, just right. has this deadline where she has to find her. So um, right. a little bit more of a, a intense time crunch here.
1: Yes, this is a great, it's like gr- any great mystery tactic you got to put on the pressure you've got to give us a deadline give us a timeline to raise the stakes Mm -hmm. but nancy's very intrigued by this and she wants to take a boat out to heath castle and i really thought i I was just like a strange instinct like i don't know when i think of going somewhere i never think of oh let's let's take a boat yeah (laughs) i don't know i think you have your car nancy like nancy's you know you know, famous roadster or convertible mm-hmm. or whatever it is in, in the 60s, 70s versions. But um so why wouldn't you just do that? But it's like immediately she's like, Oh, I'll take a boat to Heath Castle. It's like, all and right. Mm-hmm. Um so she does that with uh Bess and George. And when they're on their way to the castle to go investigate, they're hit by another boat on the way and Bess mm-hmm. falls into the water and it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. I love the foreshadowing that's in these
0: stories. I've noticed mm-hmm. a little bit of a trend whenever they say something like, oh, we better be careful for this. That's what's going to happen on the next page, most likely. So Bess is like, wow, the the, the motorboat looks like <laughs> it could sink at any second. And then like two paragraphs <laughs> later, it's, there's water dripping in the <laughs> boat. I think we're going down,
1: guys. Literally, they hire this boat that is so janky. There's It comes with a bucket. <laughs> to bail out water while they're boating, and that's what George has to do as they're as they're going down this river. George is just continuously bailing water out of the mm-hmm. front of the boat. Oh, this is just like lucky we all know how to swim. <laughs> yeah, who knows if they would have even made it to Heath Castle in the first place without getting hit by this this speedboat mm-hmm. <laughs> boat hit and run? Yeah, a hit and run by boat. Also, mm-hmm. what is it?
0: Yeah, the yeah. other guy doesn't even stop to make sure they're okay. He just is going to let them drown if their boat goes under.
1: George does an amazing rescue of Bess. She mm-hmm. dives into the water, pulls her out. They pull her back into the boat. Nancy's able to, like, repair the boat, like, midway by, like, what does she do? She, like, stuffs she stuffs something down into the, like, the crack in the boat or whatever to kind mm-hmm. of uh, plug A it bag up. bag or something. Yeah. yeah. And then they're able to, to turn around and get back without sinking, I guess.
0: <laughs> I like that they made a special point to say the boat owner was not mad at them. He said that the insurance would cover it. So all was well. Yes. Oh, so
1: funny. So, but then, okay.
0: So they just decide to go home at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because Bess is like, listen, (laughs) I'm done, time out. I've gotten wet. I've hit my head. This boat is terrible. Let's just give it up. as a bad job. Call it a day. (laughs) Every time Bess comes in to the story, it's like, it's just, Bess is all of us. We are Mm -hmm. Bess. Like, I have never felt more... (laughs) kinship with a character i used to feel so much kinship for nancy drew and i think re- retrospectively looking back i now know that it was just admiration wanting to be nancy wanting to emulate nancy but in my heart i'm a best
0: yeah <laughs> i have a lot to say about best in this story
1: oh yeah oh, but Ooh. later
0: on i won't i won't jump ahead but there's I'm there's right. just a lot of really good best moments in this one yeah. so if you're a best fan yeah. like us maybe maybe add this one to your list
1: team team best team best,
0: best marvin mm-hmm. uh so yeah best falls in the water and she's like uh uh-uh, we're done so we go home and then they ask there they go to salty to ask yeah. them, hey do you know anything about this guy or this boat that hit us and so he he's gonna look into it for them
1: so they go they go there and his house or his residence or domicile is a beached boat he lives mm-hmm. in just a boat not in the water not a houseboat in in a, a in a, a, beach beach on a beach boat on, on...
0: <laughs>
1: who is this person but he also has his own boat so does he have yeah. two boats <laughs> one's his house one is his house boat slash like just house cuz it's on land the other one's his river boat which is <laughs> where he does his clamming. <laughs> oh so they
0: also ask him about the Heath family. Salty does know of the Heaths. They learn that Walter's father Ira built Heath Castle and the button factory that sits next door where they would use clamshells to make pearl buttons.
1: Yeah, out of their pearl mother of pearl shells, I believe. Also that I think that part of the, the mystery is also the one that I cared about the least. I was like, who care who really cares about this manufacturing business? No one cares. Let's get to the castle. Let's get to the inheritance. Let's mm-hmm. let's find out about that. But the biggest thing that I think we do learn from Salty is that we find out that Walter Heath did these experiments. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what they were for, or what they were about, but he was doing some kind of mysterious experiment. And so that, that's kind of the, the big reveal. Mysterious experiments. What is that about? So after they leave Salty, Nancy goes home. I think she drops off George or something. And she talks to Carson. She finds out, actually, first of all, that Joan brought back the rose bushes. And so she replants the rose bushes. And then she talks to Carson. This is where we learn about the executor of the will, Daniel Hector. Hector. Mm -hmm. Daniel Hector. And apparently Carson doesn't think very much of Daniel Hector, but we don't really have any evidence that he's a bad guy. Carson just thinks he might be shady. And he also says, I must say, his sharp practice of law never appealed to me. Mm. So that's 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 Carson's shade for Daniel Hector. But the interesting thing that he said to me is, he said he wonders if Juliana's fiance had something to do with her disappearance. He always wondered that, and I thought that was interesting because we mm. hadn't we hadn't really gotten any any indication that you know he did anything but absolutely love her because he left her Heath Castle. And mm. why would you think that if he did leave her his inheritance why would he will her that if if he had something to do with it so when i read that first i was like well okay so is this some kind of foreshadowing that he did have something to do with it but it wasn't right it was just the weird random aside i just thought it was i thought it was strange it was strange so this time
0: they decide to drive to back they're gonna (laughs) go back to the the castle driving Mm -hmm. was apparently an option this entire time so again (laughs) i don't know why
1: It's supposed to have been an easier journey that because the roads are so bumpy and terrible or whatever because it's somewhat out in the sticks i guess except not because it's literally they at the beginning they're like how far away from river heights or whatever five miles they're five Ah. miles outside of river heights that's it (laughs) and apparently it's just so terrible and so far out there or whatever that drive that going by boat would be faster than by car you just can't manage it But I don't blame Bess one bit. I think Bess, you know, is right in suggesting that they drive. Uh,
0: So they they do drive over there. I think that they have to park and kind of walk it the rest of the way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then we get this beautiful description of this castle that seems to be a little bit overgrown, but probably was gorgeous back in the day. I wish this were a game honestly i wish yeah. that they would adapt this one into a game because oh, be i would so love good. to play this a movie or something would be beautiful but i think oh, a game yeah. would be really the best way to experience this one uh-huh. just so that you could explore the, the castle grounds.
1: yeah and boating would be so fun too mm-hmm. kind of like a mix of like danger on deception island meet castle molloy castle molloy how do you have Castle you molloy exactly what i was thinking about oh it'd be so good all the experiments
0: and the castle and out of the turret.
1: I'm sure there'd be a puzzle you have to solve before you Mm
0: -hmm. can get out of there.
1: And they have to climb the wall to get over into into the estate, which I thought, like, my goodness, like, these girls have some serious gumption. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to picture, like, you know, wanting to explore an old castle and having a key and everything and then going there and (laughs) having a locked gate, being like, well...
0: Let's just jump over.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Nancy, Bess, and George just jump over. And I just find that just so admirable. But there are, is this where there are angry dogs? No, not yet. Sorry, not, yet. not
0: yet, not yet for the angry dogs. But this is where they go to. Is it called the haunted walk or something? Yes. They're in the gardens of this castle. So they see the haunted walk, and Nancy's obviously like, "Well, we gotta go down there." So <laughs> she's like, "I don't want to go." Uh, and then they get this feeling that someone is watching them. So mm-hmm. kind of adds to the the spooky vibe going on there.
1: There's so much spookiness in this book. Yeah, I think that's also like why a lot of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much is because mm-hmm. it was so spooky, and then the this chapter in particularly all the description of the castle and all the greenery is just very like unnerving and -hmm. they even see like these mysterious eyes looking out or nancy sees mysterious eyes looking out from like a shrub or bush or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very yeah it's very otherworldly very spooky it's great and they get
0: lost too i think so it's just kind of even more
1: they leave because Bess is super creeped out she's like i don't want to go any further this is too weird and it starts rain it starts to rain Mm -hmm. and so they're like walking back starting to rain they're like in the middle of the the woods because they were trying to cut a more more direct path back to the car and george (laughs) is like stand back everybody I I got got this. this. And she tries to like navigate them, but like immediately gets them so lost. Mm -hmm. And of course, Nancy is able to fix the situation. Does she climb a tree or something? I think she does. Yeah, she she climbs a tree, figures out where they're supposed to be going. It's like, okay, this this is the right way. Jeez, Louise.
0: It's okay, George. Don't worry about (laughs) it. I got this.
1: (laughs) You're an amateur sleuth. I'm the master sleuth. Let's (laughs) let's just keep everybody in their place here. (laughs) Step aside and watch. I got Mm -hmm. this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so they get back. She drops Justin George off. And then she um, reviews the will. um, And finds out that there's some special way that Juliana is going to identify herself. And this confused me, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really understand. So when we get to the end of the book. I didn't really understand what that special way was. I know it has something right. to do with the slipper. Is it because it's just like her footprint in that slipper? Is that, is that really it? That's what it turned out to be,
0: I'm pretty sure, but okay. I thought it was going to be some sort of like she could do a special dance step and it would open up the concrete thing. That I thought there was going to be something inside the concrete thing, but at yeah. the end they were like, they removed it and there's nothing there, so dead end. Like,
1: yeah. I just thought it was kind of strange, but well.
0: But there's supposed to be a special way that she can identify herself. So Nancy takes note of that. She doesn't know what it's going to be. But um, I think she's hoping that her sister is able to, to shed some more light on that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so she goes to visit uh, Mrs. Fenimore and Joan again. She finds um, Joan with a little boy who's beating a dog. Mm-hmm. What is with the animal abuse? I just... No. I, I feel like this is the... Like in every single book we've read, except maybe "Password to Lex or something, there's always been some kind of traumatic thing with an animal, and yeah. I'm I'm too soft-hearted for this. Yeah, you can't whatever Nancy though won't take this. She's totally against it. She runs up, try to get him to stop, and he is a little asshole about it. And is like, Super is it your snotty. dog? Oh, it's not your dog. I can do whatever I want to it then. Um, and well, I'll do
0: whatever I want to you. I'll hit you with the stick, Teddy. How about
1: right, that? <laughs> right. But he does, he does run off. Mm-hmm. And, um, Nancy tells Joan, <laughs> um, I don't think that you should be hanging out with this boy. He seems terrible or whatever. Um, and she's like, oh no, no, Teddy's okay. Teddy Hooper, we find out who it is. But then Nancy says to her, Nancy took Joan by the hand and let her off as tactfully as possible. She suggested that the child ought to find a girl playmate. And it's funny to me because I think a lot of a lot of the times I would read that as being kind of sexist mm-hmm. and like why does she have to play with the girls Nancy or whatever. But the way in the context that that is written, it makes it seem like don't play with boys. Boys are terrible. <laughs> You're better boys off are, not. Boys are now. awful. So just that all boys are like this. All boys be dogs with sticks, which in and of itself is a little sexist, but. it's... <laughs> I right. just thought it was so funny.
0: Nancy, just take it from me, you eight year old. <laughs> oh leave before it gets worse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is terrible. He's a little snot the whole time. Mm-hmm. But we'll see more of him later. We
1: will. So she does she does talk to Miss Fenimore and she doesn't know what the special the special thing is that Juliana would identify herself with. Um and so that's kind of a kind of a bust
0: yeah we learned that juliana disappeared about 10 years ago um and this daniel hector is claiming to have been looking for her this whole time but the sister thinks that he's he's not really actually trying that hard to look for if he's trying at all so
1: yeah and then nancy goes to salty's right Mm -hmm. she and george go to salty
0: and they're gonna go look for that boat and see if they can find it they're gonna go Around the is it a lake or a river?
1: Yeah, it's a river, so it's the Muskoka River, okay. which sounded too real to me to, to just be just a random name. And so I looked right. it up, and it, I mean, in this book, it is fictional. There is no Muskoka River in the Midwest, but there is a Muskoka River in Canada. Um, oh. yeah, so maybe it was uh, taken from that name, I don't know, but yeah, there is no Muskoka River in the Midwest because I was like, "Ooh, a clue, a clue, <laughs> perhaps. There is a a real Muskoka River somewhere. We can find the real location of River Heights, but no, no such luck. Mm -hmm. They do find the boat, though, when they're they're out Mm -hmm. on the
0: river. They do find
1: the boat, and they see two men off near the button factory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Heath's button factory in a little inlet. And so they um, have salty, you know, anchor the boat or dock anchor. the boat. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever Stop you anchor. do park a boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Be- uh, George and Nancy get off. Bess is not here. It's just George and Nancy. George and Nancy get off the boat to go investigate. Try to find these guys. They tell Salty to stay there um, in case the men try to flee that way for him to like stall them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so they go into the factory. They do hear hammering and like some kind of construction or something. So they're wondering like are they doing repairs on the factory or something? Mm-hmm. But that seemed kind of far fetched. or Whatever, um, they get a get a look at them. One of them uh, looks familiar. Um, the one of, one of them does look like the man who hit their boat the other day, and the other one is Daniel Hector. But then, <laughs> so first the men run off, and then there is an explosion—a legit. Explosion! The factory. All factory explodes. Explodes. Nancy's covered in rubble. We get some of like George' perspective, like of frantically trying to find Nancy in this mm-hmm. rubble. But we find out that Nancy was blasted into a closet. Mm-hmm. The closet closet doors slammed shut after her. The explosion was so strong it
0: threw her in the closet and shut the door. Shut behind. the doors,
1: and then rubble fell in front of the closet, so Nancy couldn't get the doors open. Mm-hmm. That is some Scooby-Doo level shit. Mm -hmm. Like, that is some hilarious, like, 1960s cartoon mechanic. Oh, yeah. Like. I'm surprised there wasn't a Nancy-shaped hole in the wall (laughs) where she was
0: blown through.
1: (laughs) Oh, but so Nancy comes to in this closet, realizes she can't open the doors, tries to open the doors. I think she screams for George. Salty has eventually come up um, to try to help and find them because he heard the explosion go off and they eventually are able to get Nancy out and Nancy's just fine she's just absolutely fine after the force of that explosion literally pushing her into a closet knocking her unconscious the doors of the closet is closing rubble falling on top of everything mm-hmm. she's just a-okay there's literally no mention of her being shaken there's no mention of her being tired or sore or bruised Anytime afterwards, this just happens and then we just move on. She doesn't even go to the doctor. Can I just, just a PSA, just a PSA for all of our listeners out there. If you are ever knocked unconscious, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. Even if it was just for a second. You have a concussion. You have a concussion. If you were knocked unconscious, you have a concussion. I don't know what Mm -hmm. to tell you. You just do. So go to the doctor and let them tell you that. But don't take yourself do
0: not drive don't Get someone drive. else to take you
1: because you could have you could have a bad concussion but nancy was fine so she didn't really have any consequences She's for her <laughs> they go home we find out that salty didn't stop them because he didn't see them because they were like crouching along in the grass or whatever and he was mm-hmm. so concerned because of the explosion that he was focused on getting to george and nancy
0: it even says that he was only a few feet away from them as yeah, they ran, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't happen to notice. So, oh. uh, but saving Nancy was more important. So she and George are okay, and they get out just fine. Mm-hmm.
1: They go home, and Carson is literally the only one who expresses any kind of concern about this whole situation at all. Like appropriately, <laughs> Carson, uh, he says, uh, "You're my one and only daughter." Aww, sweet Carson moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody else cares. About, yeah. I mean, I guess Salty was concerned at the moment, but he didn't express any care for Nancy afterwards. But it's fine, whatever. But like, Nancy, what is going on anyway? So then, after, so then she does kind of enlist Carson's help with this mm-hmm. mystery because I think they've kind of hit a little bit of a dead end because, yeah, they've investigated the factory, yeah, they've been to the castle, but they didn't really find anything. They're not really sure where to go next. So she enlists Carson's help, but she doesn't really say why. She does. And I don't know if it's because she's scared or something. It's just an interesting exchange. Mm-hmm. So they talk, they're they talking about the mystery. And then she says, like, I can't decide what to look for now. I don't know really what to do. And then Mr. Drew gazed at Nancy. Young lady, you're leading up to something. He declared with a twinkle in his eye. Out with it. And then she says, I'm only trying to arouse your curiosity. Why not go to the factory with me? You may find a clue I overlooked. I need your help, Dad. Oh, ah. So I thought that's pretty that really interesting. Um, and he of course, you know, obliges her and helps her out because he's a supportive dad. But
0: mm.
1: Nancy's never I haven't heard her like ask for help that that plainly before. No, never. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, she trusts her dad and everything. It makes sense that she would ask him for help. She definitely asks him for help in other areas, like when it comes to like investigating particular clues. She's like, Oh, mm. I know dad i know dad will do this dad can follow through on this or dad knows this person or whatever Get but she's never yeah but she's never just like dad i need your help i don't know what to do
0: mm-hmm. come with
1: me and help me look yeah so i just thought that was that was really cool it was an interesting moment and now we have a nancy and carson investigation
0: scene which is fun
1: anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so they go back to the factory and they find a mysterious note that mentions it's kind of, it's like half of a note, it's not the whole note, it's only a partial note, and it mentions a secret in a wall, but we don't really can't really decipher what else it might be talking about. Right. And it, they,
0: they can conclude that this note was dropped probably by the tomb and that were there the day prior, which explains why they've been going around busting up walls. Right. If you want to look in a wall, why explode a whole building? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't really understand that one either. I kind of thought first I thought it was like to sabotage Nancy, but then it's like why do you have explosives? So it was definitely to look in the walls, but did it just go to just go wrong? Like maybe they used too much or like what happened? But they just exploded the whole building, I guess.
0: <laughs> but Hannah suggests, I think yeah, Hannah knows that Walter Heath happened to have been a member of the River Heights Historical Foundation, so Hannah suggests that Nancy go there. Uh, and compare handwriting samples. And Nancy is able to conclude that the handwriting does match that of Walter Heath's.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then Nancy um, does go back to the castle to do some more investigating, this time with Bess and George. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, having the good sense to pack a picnic. And I just I just think, I don't know. I, I think if this were a mystery, like if this were a Hardy Boy mystery... Um, Or a mystery with any male protagonist. I just don't know that that's something that would have happened. Right. (laughs) Like, there just wouldn't have been any any mention of them getting hungry at all or wanting food or whatever. So just, like, the fact that, like, they take the time to say, and they packed a picnic. Mm -hmm. It's like, one, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for, like you know, saying that, you know, like like women and, and girls have the like the forethought to, like, plan and make mm-hmm. allowances for, like, travel and stuff in a way that I think, like, they wouldn't say that for a, maybe another series. But also, like, did they have to say it? You know? <laughs> Is it a relevant part of the mystery? I don't know. It's good to display uh, healthy eating habits in,
0: in your girls' role models. But sure. it, it also kind of feel like a way to just poke, on it best because we oh, had to write yeah. food into a scene so we had to you right. know even george is when Bess is like no i'm too scared of the dogs oh, yes. i'm not going to go in i'm going to hang back george is like well don't eat the whole picnic mm-hmm. while we're
1: gone don't eat the whole lunch mm-hmm. jesus jeez louise
0: so yeah uh, but yeah we do have we do have the the guard dogs are now at the wall so nancy and george are able to jump over and then Bess is going to hang back in the car and
1: just wait wait for them to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then George and Nancy do some exploring mm-hmm. in the castle, eventually leading up to George falling in a pond and. Mm-hmm.
0: Happens to be <laughs> a saltwater pond as
1: well. Yeah. Nancy finds some shellfish in the pond. Um, and so that she surmises somehow that this has something to do with Walter Heath's experiments. Right. Which I just thought was kind of like, well, how do you know that maybe he just raised clams or what? I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but she does and, you know, she is right, so. <laughs> but so then, so. George falls in the water. George falls in the water. And then she goes into like this shed that's nearby. And Nancy's like, give me your clothes, we'll dry your clothes. You wait in the shed while your clothes dry. And so George is just naked in a shed. For, for a good portion of the story, as well, like. most a long time. Her. While her clothes, Nancy lays out her clothes and Nancy leaves her there. Mm-hmm.
0: Because Nancy she, sees something off in the distance. She wants to go investigate, right? So she's like, I'm just going to go.
1: such a Nancy thing to do. To just be like, oh. Mm, hey, George, are you okay? I'll be, I swear I'll be right back. Side so note, she, she is not right back. She's she, not right she, back. She just leaves. <laughs> she leaves and she's, she ends up getting trapped or whatever. But <laughs> With all her clothes
0: just kind of uh-huh. spread out on the rocks to dry. So she's, she's not even close enough to them <laughs> to act. Them if, she, if she needs to, uh, yeah, her interactive. If you need a game idea and you really <laughs> want to do this one, just another reason for you to do it because you don't even need to animate George because she's in the shed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine. So, like in Alaa uh, Haunting Castle Malloy, whenever her fiance is trapped in the bomb shelter or mm-hmm. laboratory or whatever, whenever she comes up to him for that little bit of time, and he's just the face in the window. <laughs> The porthole. Yeah, <laughs> a little porthole. That's just what I imagine. It's just George. George is like, head out of the door. <laughs> you coming back, Nancy? <laughs> Nancy! <laughs> <laughs> or we just like faintly, oh, Nancy's like trapped in a maze or something. We just hear like faint calls of, Nancy! Are my clothes dry? Help <laughs> me. <laughs>
0: so yeah thank goodness that it is apparently summertime in the story otherwise george might have frozen to death in the one falling in the cold water and then two having to stand naked in the shed for the better part of like six hours
1: yeah oh too good um so meanwhile nancy goes off exploring and meanwhile bess is in the car doing the
0: like the most uncharacteristically brave thing that
1: a I best could do. No, it's such a it's such a good Best moment. Like she literally has no hesitation. So she sees Daniel Hector driving up in his car to unlock the gate. She kind of hides. As he's unlocking the gate, no hesitation, she just jumps into the back seat of his car and hides in the back seat of his car as he drives in. What the what that is a level of bravery that Nancy might not have even attempted
0: without some hesitation.
1: Yeah, literally it's it's so it's so amazing because Bess gets like put off a lot as kind of just being like, "Oh, you know, the worried one, the shy one, the cautious one who loves food for whatever reason." But whenever like Nancy or George could be in trouble, no hesitation. She she doesn't even think, she just puts herself right out there for them, which is Honestly, Bess Marvin is goals. Oh, she totally is. So George is hiding in the shed, still waiting for her clothes to dry. Nancy sees Daniel Hector drive in, get out of his car, and she starts to follow him, follows him down through the gardens or whatever, almost loses him, but puts her ear to the ground and hears his vibrations walking and knows which direction he went. Add that to your skill list. Of oh yes, skill- I I have to add that to my skill list. What what would you what what would you say that skill is?
0: Uh, oh, I don't even know auditory direction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, let's just say the ability to follow people's footstep vibrations. What's um? What do bats use echolocation? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so George is in the shed, Nancy is... Oh, no, there's another explosion. That's why Nancy decided to run off.
1: Oh. And so then then there is this amazing, like, comedic scene of, like, best getting out of the car. Like, it's just absolute chaos. It's the most Scooby-Doo moment that... that maybe that's why I like this book so much, because it's so akin to Scooby-Doo, because it's, like, you get kind of, like, these weird comedic like bumbling almost like a bumbling energy of like weird explosions, you know, like weird accidents. And then like there's obviously this creepy castle and all that stuff. And then like everybody's off doing like their different things. So like George is trapped in the shed, kind of mysteriously waiting. Bess has just gotten out of the car and gets immediately gets treed by the dogs. (laughs) Yeah. They chase her up the tree and she's too scared to come down. She's trapped in a tree. George is trapped in the shed. Nancy is following this Daniel Hector guy and then eventually gets trapped in uh, the tower of the castle. And it's like everybody is off doing their own different thing. Then Nancy goes up to the castle and she sees down, she sees a boy, or no, is Bess see it or George? Yeah, no, it's 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 Nancy that sees it because yeah. Bess is going to yeah. see it later. Yeah. yeah, Nancy sees Teddy Hooper, who she thinks looks like Teddy Hooper, come and steal George's clothes. <laughs> Which what a little shit! I'm yeah. sorry. What he's so the worst. And and uh, run off with them. And so George, George sees him do this, and she's like, "Hey, <laughs> bring me back my clothes." It's just so funny.
0: And each is totally unaware of the trouble that the others mm-hmm. are going through, and mm-hmm. yeah, just utter chaos. Kind of stressful of a scene to, to yeah. be watching it, but yeah, um, yeah, very funny.
1: Yeah. So Nancy gets trapped in the tower. She she tries so hard to get out. Yeah, she she goes through the castle first and, and right. gets a, a feel for
0: the layout of everything and mm-hmm. where all these turrets are. She notices that most of the castle is pretty much empty, like all but some really big pieces of furniture is just gone. Everything mm-hmm. seems to have been taken out and probably pawned off.
1: Yeah, and Nancy makes a note of that and she's like, hmm, I thought the castle and the estate were supposed to be left to Juliana, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah, we we know at this point that like Daniel Hector is selling off all of the furnishings and everything in the mm-hmm. estate. And even some like more valuable things too. We find out about some jewelry later mm-hmm. on. So Yeah. So Best does eventually get down. So Daniel Hector goes to leave, right? And he calls off the dogs or something. Mm-hmm. And Bess gets down, mm-hmm. and she goes and rescues George. She finds a pair of pants that Teddy had dropped, and mm-hmm. then she gives George her sweater to put mm-hmm. on. So George or uh, Bess's sweater saves the day. But then they go back to the car, and they find that Nancy's not there, and they don't know what to do. So Bess goes, and she walks to to mm-hmm. get help, and George stays with the car, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting because usually it would be the other way around. Bess is always the one who stays with the car. Right. You know, and she had literally just done that. And so, you know, George is more of like the kind of take charge action oriented one or whatever. And Bess is always the one who hangs back, but this time Bess goes for help. And George waits for Nancy. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they've,
0: they've realized Nancy has the
1: keys, so they can't, they can't can't drive drive away or
0: go get help (laughs) or anything.
1: Right. So then, you know, we flash back to Nancy trapped in the tower. She realizes she's locked in. But I thought this was super um interesting too because she says um, for hours Nancy had refused to acknowledge that there was no means of escape from the tower. That's such a Nancy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she's totally in denial about it, which is so Nancy drew right like she's like okay there's got to be a way like I'm resourceful I can figure out how to get out of this but it's it makes us feel very like desperate like I Mm -hmm. felt like oh like this is a serious situation like normally there's never a situation that Nancy can't get herself out of Mm -hmm. and they specifically go out of their way to say she can't get out of this tower you know she's
0: hungry and she's thirsty she's tired Nancy's getting a little downtrodden here.
1: So the only reason that she does end up escaping is because someone comes in through the tower and she's able to escape while they open the door.
0: Well, first she hears what she refers to as two hackers outside. (laughs) They call them hackers because they're hacking away at these walls with like pickaxes and stuff. Uh, But then one of them comes in and leaves the door open. She's able to sneak out while he's in there looking around the turret.
1: And so she makes it out. She makes it off of the estate. And at the same time, Bess drives up with Carson. Is that what happens? Mm-hmm. And this is the sweetest moment. Hold on. Let me find it. Nancy was already running to the car from which her father had stepped. In an instant, she was in his arms. Why, Dad, you're trembling, she said. Nancy, Nancy, I'm so glad to see you. You gave me such a fright. Yeah. This is so sweet. He was trembling and she ran to him. This is the sweetest and most tender relationship. It's just so nice. So nice. Just had a trying experience
0: and she needs she needs him there. From her dad.
1: (laughs) And he was there right away for her. So Mm So cool. So Carson and Best come back to rescue Nancy, who, you know, was able to get out by herself and rescue herself. And then on the way back, they talk about, you know, Daniel Hector and how he has to be involved. And Carson kind of sneakily gets Nancy to kind of stop investigating Heath Castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, mm, I don't think you should go back there. And actually, there's a lead in Hampton. So we find that uh, juliana's doctor uh, recommended that she go to hampton to relax or get some rest or whatever mm-hmm. and so they're going to go to hampton together to try to track down her whereabouts when she was last there mm-hmm. so we, we've got this kind of formulaic where we we've, we've
0: got two mysteries going on in each one of the stories and so far i think this is the one that's done it the best it, it's not just coincidental that they, they happen to fit together i thought that this one has has yeah. fit the two mysteries together in a way that makes the most sense of what we've seen
1: so far so yeah, yeah. it's well done yeah it was good chapter 10 we got a letter from ned, a letter from ned and in it she calls ned her special friend mm-hmm. what does that mean special friend what is that that's how they referred to uh, George and Bert in Larkspur Lane, oh, okay, wasn't yeah. it? That was You're Special right? Friend as well. So, I mean, interesting. I'm I'm wiggling my eyebrows furiously right now to all of our viewers. <laughs> Corey can see me, but none of y'all can. I I need to know. I need to know what their relationship is and mm-hmm. why it's like this. It just feels so. It just feels so hot and cold. It feels hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like he's either there and very involved, or he's off and he's not in the picture, or he's not mentioned at all. It's just, I don't know. Nancy doesn't have time for Ned anyway. Right. Not
0: not a Ned that's not going to be her boyfriend.
1: It's unnecessary to just mention a special friend. If you're not really dating someone, why do you get so much real estate in this short little children's book? I don't know. All right. Well, that's it. It's
0: really only like a paragraph mention of him. And then we we move on to our adventure (laughs) of the day, which is Carson and Nancy drive out to Hampton where Juliana was, was last seen. They start asking around about Juliana. They have a photograph of her. Um, And surprisingly, some people do recognize her, even though her last sighting was 10 years ago. ago. Yes. And someone who rented a room to her for a few days was like, Oh yeah, I remember her. And I remember where she said she was going. And like, very specific memory. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this this book I thought was really great and really well done in anything. This is the biggest plot hole mm-hmm. in in my opinion is the fact that Juliana stayed here 10 years ago, literally 10 years ago, and these people that she just came into contact for for like a few days or whatever for remember her so well. It's yeah. like, what? That that's that's unbelievable. But that is the most unbelievable part of this book and that doesn't even come close to some of the unbelievable parts of of the other books so so i think i think it's it's still still holding up still holding up you know
0: Mm -hmm. we find out that 10 years ago there was a hit and run accident she was involved in that sent her to the hospital where she learned she's never going to walk again of course she was a professional dancer so this is Quite a hit, I can imagine, to not only your career but also just mentally.
1: That's that's a pretty devastating thing to have happen to you. So yeah, so yeah, we learned that she changes her name. She buys this farm that she changes the name to as well to be uh, in French uh, Garden of Flowers. So she has an incredible love of flowers as well, just like her niece um, that she has not yet met, and so she seems to have. You know, even though, yes, it was incredibly traumatic and she does basically just ghost everybody in her life because she's so upset and concerned about, you know, how people might react to her not being able to walk anymore. Um, she does well. She's able to, she buys property apparently. And when eventually, not yet, but eventually when they find that farm, they talk to gardeners there and they love her. They they think very highly of her, so I mean, she could have done worse in life. Yeah, seems like she yeah she did pretty well, but we we don't find her yet. No, we don't find her yet. We just
0: hear about her, and then they kind of hit a dead end. They're like, we're not really sure to, where to go next. We know that she is last known to have, have moved off to some farm or something, or mm-hmm. said she was going to move to a farm. Right.
1: Um, and so then Nancy and Carson are kind of discussing what to do next, what lead to follow up or whatever. They're they're going to try to find um, this nurse that worked at the hospital, see if she knows what might've happened to her. And in like such a like Sherlock Holmes move, Nancy is talking and Carson is just like, just like pauses or whatever and goes and opens the door and like catches, like someone eavesdropping at the, the door and like yanks him into the room be like, it was, it was pretty dope. It was, pretty it, was, cool. it was
0: a good moment, yeah. Catches him eavesdropping. So he's like now captured this guy and is going to question him about who sent him and why he's listening in. Um, and Nancy kind of picks up on signals that Carson's mm-hmm. giving her and, and runs to go get
1: help. So. Yeah, they make a great, a great team. And uh, yeah, so Carson talks to him and she he finds out that someone in River Heights sent him to follow Nancy and give them a full report of Nancy's activities down in Hampton. And then so Nancy, based off of the, the signals that Carson gave her, which honestly, like. I don't understand how you could get this just from like a look and like, maybe right. like some kind of hand signal or whatever, but she knows that Carson wants her to leave the room, go down into the lobby, call the cops and ask the cops to follow this guy. In a plain clothes, In plain clothes Which she does and they do. But like, how do you get that from just like significant eye contact? Sorry, I wouldn't
0: have gotten that. <laughs> no,
1: you want me to leave. I get that you want me to leave maybe, but. No, specifically, you want me to leave to go find someone to follow them. That's mm-hmm. intense. That's some psychic level connection. It yeah. is, yeah. But then they go home, and Nancy checks on Mrs. Fenmore, who tells her that um, she told Daniel Hector that Nancy was investigating. So that's how. Um, so Daniel Hector does know who Nancy is, and likely is who hired the person to follow Nancy in Hampton. And then Nancy spends some time trying to figure out um, the half note clue. And then magically remembers that she has like an old book that she thinks will help her. So she pulls out this old book, which happens to be like in Middle English. And and, she can just read it. Right. It's it's weird. And she finds like pictures of the castle that Heath Castle was like replicated, basically. It was like built off Mm -hmm. of. And, in the book, it talks about how there was treasures in the cloister of that castle. And so Nancy thinks that maybe the treasure, this treasure, or the secret in the wall is in the cloisters of um, Heath Castle. And so they want to go back to Heath Castle to try to find those cloisters and try to look for the treasure. Uh, oh, and Nancy also goes and talks to the same guy
0: at the beginning that she tried to sell her pearl to and learns from him that Walt had a very large pearl hidden away. Right.
1: Okay. And so then randomly, Salty comes to their house to like come check on them. And this was the, this, okay, again, a lot of weird moments. But mm. so she wants to go back out to Heath Castle and she's going to ask him to take them. Mm. And she says, uh, he says, can't say I have, the clam digger replied. Are you figuring on looking for one? So, looking for an entrance from the beach to Heath Castle. And then Nancy smiled as she said, perhaps sometime when you're not busy. Salty suddenly slapped the, his thigh and chuckled. Women, he said, they never come right out and say what they want. What a. And then Nancy doesn't even respond to that or react to them at all. Ugh. So, this moment felt very different to me than the rest of like the kind of like distinctions that we get of like women's mm-hmm. behavior or whatever this moment did not feel feminist at all no. it felt like be- because And it's because I think that Nancy doesn't respond to it. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we get we get men saying stuff about, like, Nancy's capabilities all the time or whatever. But then to get, like, this generalization of women, oh, women can't say what they want. And Nancy doesn't refute that. She doesn't even have some kind of, like, inner thought about it or smirks or smi- nothing. It's yeah. just completely moved past. So I hated that. Yeah. But Salty does, does say that he'll meet them the next day to take them to Heath Castle. Yes. Oh, salty, salty. Maybe it's just, you know, the old fisherman kind of a trope. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> we we do also hear from the detective, the plainclothes detective who followed the guy. We learned
0: that he last night he'd followed the guy all the way back to River Heights. And then he met up with a guy that he tells Nancy this description of that guy and it sounds like the guy that crashed into their boat so it's all oh <laughs> yeah
1: it's all fitting together it's all getting fishy and more mysterious and it's mm-hmm. literally at this point in my notes like i had been trying to like take really good notes and like summarize stuff and everything i i stopped because i got way too interested in the story mm-hmm. and like couldn't take the time i was like no 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 i'll get there i just have to i just have to get through all of this stuff that happened yeah
0: so I know what happens
1: next. Yeah. So in the next chapter, they um, go back to Heath Castle, and then they find a secret. Passageway from the beach into uh, the cloister or whatever.
0: And Nancy figures this out because she knows Teddy Hooper must have come from somewhere when he ran up and stole George's
1: clothes. So, this book, yeah, really has it all. You know, it's got interestingly named fisherman characters, it's got exploring old castles, it's got spooky eyes and bushes and secret passageways. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's truly handwriting
0: analysis,
1: theft, hidden runs great traveling with carson and cool team up with carson stuff it's really great it's really great it's really fun read it is it's a good one So they go into the cloister they leave salty behind on the beach looking for clams he's he's working
0: he, right. he can't be bothered with this ministry he needs right. to go about his his 9 to 5
1: yeah and So they go into the cloister and it's really pretty and everything. And so they walk through everything and they, you know, find like some like built in shelves, statues all over the place and everything. Uh, But then they hear men's voices inside the cloister and we hear them start to like try to take down parts of a wall. Nancy recognizes their voices as being the same people she heard when she was um, imprisoned in the tower. So she knows that these are the same men who've been, you know, knocking down walls um, everywhere else. One of them we find out is named Cobb, which is important later. But so they they get really upset because they're like wrecking the wall or whatever. And then as they're doing that, a like a decorative piece of, like, the wall or something falls down towards them and Nancy catches it. Mm-hmm. Just the most agile moment. But, like, also, why? Like, just move out of the way. Like, right. It's not like... Like, they're wrecking a wall. They know that stuff's falling down. They're not going to be suspicious of a noise of crumbling wall. Yeah. Like, why did you have to catch it? But they they did. And mm-hmm. she lays it on the ground. But because of that they find a small part of that wall now exposed. And inside of the wall just so happens to be a box. So Nancy takes it out before the um, the men can break all the way through and find it and they mm-hmm. leave with it. They're still in the cloister though. They, they, they just go to like a different part of the cloister away from the men working. So they... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: they can rifle through the box
1: right so they can look through the box and they look through the box and they find just papers and photographs but they find a photograph of ira heath um a watch chain Yeah, they realize he's wearing
0: like some jewelry and a watch chain that Nancy saw in the curio shop where um, it's assumed that Hector had pawned off all of these valuables. Mm -hmm. And this is the proof that yes, it did belong to the Heath family. Yeah.
1: So this is the physical proof that Daniel Hector has been stealing from this estate. Mm -hmm. We also find the diary, Walt's diary, Mm -hmm. uh, where Mm -hmm. he
0: describes working on the dye formula with the shells.
1: Yeah. And we're supposed to, so we're supposed to believe that it's, it's the dye that is supposed to be this treasure or like what is really like important about this or whatever and and yeah valuable and it comes it does come to fruition later it does become a way for them to earn money but why is a dye that lucrative i'm not sure i just
0: i don't know maybe it's valuable for some reason this formula is valuable And Nancy has this proof that, yeah, he was working on it, but we don't know yet if he ever completed it.
1: Right. But then, so... Um, and they hear the men coming. Yeah, they hear the men coming, and they try to hide, and they end up, like, hiding in this alcove. Like, literally, it gets so close, the men are, like, literally about to come around the corner and see them, but then they just end up not, not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> They just decide not to. Oh no, it's because Teddy Hooper, Teddy Hooper comes and he mm-hmm. says, "Hey, I saw somebody come into the cloister or whatever from the beach. If you give me a dollar, or I'll show you, I'll or, show you where where it is." And so they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> they do. And so they follow Teddy back to the beach, and this gives the girls a chance to try to find another way to escape. And they do squeeze through, like, a part of the wall to get to another part of the garden. Um, mm-hmm. But they couldn't get out of there. They drink from this a is- fountain.
0: Yeah, they drink from yeah. a fountain. They, when they overheard the men talking, one of them was referred to as Briggs, which Nancy mm-hmm. recognizes as the name of Walt's chauffeur. So somebody who had an inside knowledge of what was going on with Walt and his, I guess, finances. So. Right uh but yeah they're unable to escape they're super thirsty so they drink from this delicious delicious stream of water in the garden
1: Bess says Bess Bess sat down in the middle of a weed grown path i'm so discouraged i could cry she admitted this is when they're trapped and there's no way out i love Bess so much just so mm-hmm. much she's she's just so good in this book so fun to read mm-hmm. yeah so they talk a lot about this really delicious fountain and how cold it is and how it must come from a spring nearby or something and how good it tastes. So that comes up again later. And they find the statue of a shoe. Um, and There's under a shoe imprint,
0: right? Is it
1: an imprint? I think
0: it's an imprint. Oh, gotcha. It's like this stone slab and it's got an imprint of oh, a shoe, shoe. And it says, an inscription says, it's Cinderella's
1: slipper. Right. And Nancy says how, oh, that's so romantic. Walter must have made that for Juliana, which it is. Mm. Um, and she kind of makes the connection that in um, some of the the notes I found, it starts by saying, dear C. So he must have called her Cinderella.
0: And it's cute. And it, it makes sense. And cute. this is where I thought that either there was some treasure going to be in this yeah. lab. Or she would have to dance on it or so, something and it would unlock. Like it, That's like very your, Nancy Drew game-ish. Yeah,
1: karate kick to it with her foot or something.
0: Right. Because <laughs> nobody else has the same shoe size. Right. I mean.
1: And, I mean, Nancy even says at this point that she wonders if there's anything hidden behind there. And they want to, like, take it down to sea, but they don't have the tools or the time. They're tr- still trying to escape. So they, they try to escape. And they have to hide again because Daniel Hector comes and almost sees them. But then once he comes, she thinks maybe he left the front part of the cloister unlocked. So let's go back that way and try to get out that way. And then they do. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they are running away from the
0: castle and who comes along but our lieutenant from the first chapter and mm-hmm. she picks them up and then they're like, hey, Salty's still back at the beach. We don't know what came of him. We weren't able to you know, go back for him. So can you please send a search party out there? And Nancy feels responsible. So she goes with the search party. Mm-hmm. Um, and Salty is found unconscious on the beach. He was... Yeah. Beat up a little bit, but he's okay.
1: He seems to be, again, fine. He talks about the the kind of the encounter that he had with these people and how they knocked him out cold and everything. And But then he woke up, but then he just took a nap, it seems like. Yeah, he's just
0: laying there until they come to get him. Yeah, which is funny. And while he was out, he overheard them talking about their plans to kidnap Nancy. So he's right. worried about Nancy now. But And then we find out... Or I guess Nancy goes home and Carson announces to Nancy that he has located the nurse that treated Juliana in the hospital right after she had the hit and run accident. Yes,
1: and they're going to go back to Hampton to meet her, to ask her about what she knows about Juliana and where Juliana went.
0: On the way there, Nancy suggests that they
1: stop and talk to... Mrs. Fenimore and Joan. Yeah, Mrs.
0: Fenimore and Joan. And they're talking to the Fenimore's and realize that the Hoopers have moved. And we also learn that Cobb, one of the two men that were at the estate, is not only Teddy's father, but he's also the man with the boat who hit and ran at the very beginning. Yeah. Nancy, Bess, and George were in their boat. Yep.
1: So that is Cobb Hooper. So Cobb is his first name. And that's why it kind of came as a surprise to Nancy because Cobb's an unusual first name. Usually would be a right. last name. And so... You know, she didn't think about that, but so Cobb Hooper, Teddy's father,
0: and then they go back out to Hampton to talk to the nurse. Um, basically they they don't learn too, too much. Basically just that Juliana may have moved away to a farm. She tells them the name of the farm and then they're like, great. Okay. We'll go look into that. And that's really all that we hear from the nurse.
1: Yeah. And the next chapter, we actually find the farm. We find out that it's yeah been renamed, like I said, to garden of flowers um, and that when they get there, yeah, they talk to the gardeners there and they tell them that men claiming to be from the IRS showed up and basically arrested her or whatever for not paying her taxes. Right. And that's not even how they say it. They,
0: they don't call them men from the IRS. They call them the government men,
1: (laughs) the government man
0: came and took her away. Uh, but yeah, convince her that she owes some taxes and she has to go with them immediately. Otherwise she's going to be arrested and thrown in prison for forever.
1: Don't fall for that guys. The IRS can't arrest you. Only the police do that, right. or the FBI, right? And as Carson points out, that would never that would never
0: happen without a trial, anyway. So, um, yeah, don't believe anyone who claims to be from the government and says you have to come with us now because they're kidnapping you.
1: Oh, but they don't. There's nothing they can really do about that. They don't know uh, what to do about that, so they go back to River Heights, um, mm-hmm. and they find out that someone has come forward as juliana claiming to be juliana and so of course nancy comes to the conclusion that the real juliana back at a garden of flowers was kidnapped so that this new juliana this imposter juliana could come forward without concern that the real juliana would show up right and she can claim the estate from there yeah
0: this confused me a little bit. It said that the, the woman, the fake Juliana is from South America, but she keeps talking about her home in Mexico and her Mexican husband and her career in Mexico. And I just want to ask them if they know that Mexico is not in South America. South America. Uh, but this, then this is where Nancy goes home and we have the, the kidnapping. Attorney.
1: Well, so she, they, they meet, they meet her first. Do you want to talk about them meeting the, the imposter? Right? Oh Yeah. I didn't even put that in my notes. Yeah. I didn't either. Um,
0: yeah. So Nancy goes to the sister and Joan and breaks it to them very gently that, Hey, there is, they have found someone. And if you read the newspaper headlines, it will say that she's been found, but I don't think it's her. So mm-hmm. let's go meet her. Um, and you can kind of, you know, be the judge for yourself. She's your sister. so you would know. Yeah. Um,
1: and they go and she's, she's a pretty convincing fake or imposter, I guess. It's kind of a traumatic scene, honestly, because um, Mrs. Fenimore and Joan both get pretty emotional because initially she's not really sure. She sees her and she almost almost believes her because she hasn't seen her in a long time. Um, She looks kind of like her, but um, so she was confused. But then once she um, realizes that it's not her, which she does because she has the other half of the note that we
0: found oh, in yeah. the factory um, about mm-hmm. the secret in the wall. So she's like, Oh, it must, I must be the real Juliana because I have the other half of the note. Um, and in that note, it's like, dear C. Uh, Nancy yeah, Nancy asked what the C stands for, expecting her to say Cinderella. Uh, and she just gives some nonsense answer. And that's kind of our indication that no, yeah. this is really a faker.
1: Yeah. So, but Mrs. Fedmore gets really upset and is like, you're not my sister. You're, you know, you're never gonna get this inheritance, and Joan gets kind of upset too. Nancy tries to like comfort Joan through this or whatever, even though like she looks like her. She, we find out that she has a size nine foot, which way too large, way little
0: imprint in the garden yeah,
1: for what Juliana's foot size is supposed to be, and so that's further proof to Missus Benamore that that's not her. And they kind of leave upset about this. Um, But then, so then Nancy drops them off and she goes back home and people try to kidnap Nancy. Nancy walks into her house and someone clamps a hand over her mouth. She notices all the lights are off and she expects Hannah to
0: be up or, you know, at least to have left the light on for them. And she goes and finds the front door is ajar and that's kind of strange. And then all of a sudden, hand over her mouth.
1: Yanked inside. She struggles with them a little bit. And then they kind of say some scary things to her, like you're through meddling, kind of making kind of sinister remarks, which we don't really know what we're supposed to take from that. Like, are they going to kill Nancy? Kind of seems like for a second. Nancy has a brilliant idea, which is to go limp and act like she's fainted. And so they kind of put her down. And as they walk away, she runs and shuts herself in her bedroom.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and starts to call
1: yeah starts to call the police which is honestly it's just it's badass
0: yeah it really is but then the intruders just get scared and they run away so
1: mm-hmm. once they leave and Nancy's sure that they left she sees them drive off she goes down to find Hannah we find that Hannah's been tied up by them um, but she's okay Carson comes home calls Nancy a brave and clever girl <laughs> Which all I, can, I can just think about Jurassic Park whenever I hear of that. Of course. <laughs> and then, obviously, Nancy's like, this has to be Daniel Hector. Daniel Hector has a hit out on me, basically. Uh, and then they go back to the castle, right? Nancy thinks that Juliana must be being held at Heath Castle. She has a hunch mm-hmm. as to where she is. Because we,
0: we have a hunch that these government men that abducted her, they have the same description as Hector and, and his guys. so Cobb and Briggs or whatever. Right, we're going to go back and we do find her. We find her in the dungeon. All mm-hmm. tied up.
1: Yeah, Nancy had previously found a trap door in the tower that she was trapped in that she was trying to use. She was trying to investigate as an escape route, but she couldn't get in because she didn't have the right tools. This time they go back, they find the trap door, and there are tools conveniently right next to the trap door that she uses to get in down there. And we find her, she's like in a cell or something, isn't she? Yeah. Or is she just down there.
0: I think she was in a cell because they, they make remarks that it's yeah. not a dungeon specifically, but it was probably like food storage mm-hmm. uh, or like wine cellar or something of that nature. Yeah. So she is kind of trapped in this small room.
1: Yeah. And even at, the, at first, so Nancy's like, are you Juliana Johnson or whatever? And she says, no, 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 no. That's, you know, that's not me. So like she's even like trying to like ignore it at that, that point. But, she, yeah, she, but it's because like she doesn't even know why she's been – kidnapped it seems like she so she seems like to be portrayed as to be kind of elderly um, and kind of confused about what has happened and that, that she, thinks, as well. she thinks that she is being imprisoned by the IRS for not paying her taxes right <laughs> which is really sad she's yeah. not
0: supposed to be more than like 40 years old because the sister she is the younger sister but the sister's estimated to be like 30 so I can't imagine is she- you know she, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it says that she, when they described how sick she was and frail, like she's probably mm-hmm. 30, but she looked more like 50 because of how sick and frail she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so if sister's 30 and she's the younger sister, Juliana can't be older than in her 40s, right? I wouldn't imagine that she's up into her 50s by now.
1: So could be. But even if she's in her 50s, that's not 20 or gap between sisters though. If she was, though. She wouldn't be this confused about what's going on or at least you would think you would know that you can't be imprisoned by the irs (laughs) right she's not she's not able-bodied she's Mm -hmm. she's not able to walk still
0: she does still have a lot of health problems from her accident 10 years prior but mentally she should be Mm -hmm. fine i would think yeah
1: uh, yeah, that's a, it's a little weird, but then um, so eventually she does say, okay, yes, yeah, I am Juliana, and we kind of get the whole story. Um, and she tells her, her side of the story about Walt dying,
0: and yeah. of course that's a surprise to her. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where she agrees that yeah you know what i am going to claim this inheritance and i'm going to ask my sister and joan to come live here with me
1: mm-hmm. and, and so Nancy's like, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so they start to try to take her out of the dungeon but as they do someone slams the trap door shut and says i'll make sure you don't get out and so they're all trapped dun, dun, dun. but luckily so they find they're trying to find a way out best days with juliana george and nancy are trying to find a way out george being the brilliant person that she is brought a whistle which i think they did they oh police whistle i was like did they call it a rape whistle but no they call it a police whistle which is so so smart like such such a great and i'm surprised nancy didn't do it right nancy had left a note to let Carson and Hannah know where they had gone to. So people know where they are. George has a whistle. They find a window and George blows the whistle to get help. And eventually help does come. Police. Yeah. Police come. Started chapter
0: 19. They rescue them. uh, And then Juliana does confirm that that footprint in the stone
1: is hers. Mm -hmm. So. And so they think that Daniel Hector, which turns out is who trapped them down there. We think Mm -hmm. that he got away, but let me see. Let me find it. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Lieutenant Masters comes to rescue them and tells them that Hannah called and let them know where they were, and so she came to find them. And then they said, who shut you in here? And Nancy says, I don't know, but I think it was probably Daniel Hector. And then she says, he must have escaped, and the lieutenant uh oh no, he didn't, said a voice triumphantly. We nabbed him climbing over a wall. Also these two birds. The <laughs> so two policemen come up, uh holding Daniel Hector and Cobb and Biggs, all of them handcuffed, um, which is a really satisfying
0: moment. Mm-hmm. And we get this big uh yeah. big reveal basically where all of this came about because Joan knew about this, this inheritance knew about this aunt, even though she disappeared before she was even born. Told Teddy about all of this. Who then told his father. Who then got in touch with Biggs, the chauffeur. And then they went to Hector and convinced him to basically like hire them and help, like look for the treasure.
1: It's a real, it's a real Scooby-Doo moment. This is is. the I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids moment. I think he even says at some point, um, oh, I gotta find it. It was it so, so Scooby Doo, yeah. He says, If you had minded your own business, there wouldn't have been all this trouble. <laughs> that was so funny. The indignance, mm hmm. So that's all wrapped up. Daniel Hector's arrested, the other men are arrested, and then so Juliana claims the inheritance and everything. There's kind of some issue concerned because you know daniel hector had said that the estate was basically bankrupt and you're inheriting like a money pit basically because it's in such Mm -hmm. bad condition due to his neglect but um and theft and theft but we're able to kind of figure out that by that the spring water is the real treasure of um the spring water that they drink from that fountain is the real treasure of the estate and that they can actually bottle that and sell that and like turn it into like a partial like health spa. Yeah. Juliana decides that she wants to open this place up to children who,
0: you know, might be ill or might be handicapped and they can come there basically as a free vacation to just
1: rest and convalesce and get better. So, so the craziest thing about this whole book to me happens in this chapter. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if you know what I'm about to say, Corey, go ahead. A year later. One year later. A year later. We never get this. This is the first time we've ever
0: had any sort of flash forward, flashback, anything like that. It's like... Just to go and check up on them.
1: Actual progression. Actual Mm -hmm. time progression in a book. So this has made me really want to like start at the beginning. Count how much time passes in each of these books. Because... Mm -hmm because in this book time passes a significant amount of time actually passes. So Nancy is presumably a year older here. Right. And has done a thousand
0: cases since last year now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But so, okay. But so at the end, so this is a year later or whatever, at the very end of the book is a year later. And it says at the end of the book in a short time, she'd be working on the mystery of the tolling bell, which is the next one. So it's, been a year so this this book the clue in the crumbling wall starts and ends a year later and then nancy gets her next mystery
0: that's really unique i don't think that they really thought that through when they wrote that i think they just wanted to show i mean one year later an update for them but that is normally where they would mention the next next mystery and say she had no idea she'd be about to be involved
1: in this but I didn't think about that. Yeah, so I just find that super interesting. But also, like, I mean, effectively, I know it doesn't matter because because Nancy Drew is ageless. All of the references mm-hmm. of time is kind of irrelevant because they because they make it irrelevant, you know. Right. But I just think it's so interesting because like our perception is that this never mm-hmm. changes. This all happens kind of at the same time, or like a, across the course of a really long summer or something. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, there's actually there's actually passage of time mentioned in this book. Fascinating. But so that's the end of the book. So a year later, they come back and everything's all nice and happy. The castle's been all fixed up. It's really idyllic and there's children running and playing everywhere. Mrs. Fenmore has been restored to health, I guess, mm-hmm. by this magic spring water or something. Right. Mineral water, supposedly has become a capable gardener helping to fix up
0: the garden and, and get all everything nice and pretty again
1: and we even learn that Teddy hooper has gone to a special school um, and that his mom's doing okay as well and so yeah I, I guess I, I don't know if we're supposed to understand that to be like reform school or something <laughs> like my boy <laughs> but it's a boot camp yeah boot camp for 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 jerk little kids but Mm-hmm. but he is supposedly taken care of too. And that is the clue in the crumbling wall. Oh, one more thing though. Carson
0: does, uh, he does get his hands on the massive pearl ring that was meant from Walt to be Juliana's engagement ring yeah. um, and does give that to her. And so she's always going to wear it in memory of him. So yeah. kinda it's
1: kind of, it's real sweet. It's a real sweet story. Sad, sweet, exciting, uh spooky it's got all the all the best stuff.
0: It does. It's a really good one. What a good one. It's a great one. It's a good one. How many flashlights is this one for you? Four out of five. Four out of five? I think this one's a five out of five for really? me. Really? It's really good. Yeah I would say this is on par with Larks Perlane. I guess we'll 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 talk about next week's episode instead of reading another book. We're going to have a special episode where we're going to get into the real identity of Carolyn Keene.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly excited to talk about it. So we're we're doing some some research over here, we're reading some different books to try to you know learn more about who Carolyn Keene was and all the different Carolyn Keens there were. And I have started reading a book already, and it is just. Honestly, so, so fascinating, and I'm learning so much. So I'm really excited to share that with y'all. I hope you'll join us next
0: time for a little Nancy Drew history lesson.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons
0: at the $1 level receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content.
1: And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening.